everyone and welcome to another episode of Coffee with Jesus. Uh, today we're going to be having a look at a tension that we see everywhere, not just in scripture, but in our world as well. We all at some point have to navigate what we're calling the tension between patience and promise. And so the title for today is exactly that, Patience and promise. Uh, if you're new to our podcast, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome. Uh, we release this podcast every Tuesday, uh, and the point is simply for this, for us to grab a cup of coffee or tea or on your way to work or a gym or wherever you are, and just to spend a few moments together speaking about something or, or anything that may help us become more like Jesus. So whichever platform you're listening to uh, this on, please let's subscribe, let's share it, and let's dive into today's session. Again, we're speaking into the relationship, the, the tension, the connectedness between patience and promise. There seems to be such a, a, such a natural relationship between these two things. And yet often it's in the patience, the, the space where, where we're waiting for the promise, that we can get the most frustrated or we can doubt the promise and begin to believe the worst instead of assuming the best. However, again, it is so common for a promise to come after a season of patience. Think about marriage. The wedding day is preceded by a time of engagement, of dating. Christmas is preceded by a season of Lent, where you see the tree, you see the presents under the tree, but you can't touch them yet. Uh, childbirth is fo follows a season of pregnancy. Graduation follows a season of studying. And, and so we see this throughout. There's, there's, there's often a process of patience before we get to the promise, the product. And often what we set our hopes on, the promise of God, is, is only at the end of that. And, and here's the big thing I want us to wrap our heads around today. And if, if you get nothing else from this session, I want you to understand that putting the promise at the other end of patience is by design. God has designed it that way. And if he has designed it that way, then it means that it is the best thing for us. And so to unpack this a bit, I want to just chat through a few verses in the first two chapters of Acts the church's origin story. Acts 1 verse 4 to 5 says this, And while staying with them, he ordered them, Jesus, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Then in Acts 2 verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. We know how the rest of Acts 2 unfolds. It's the, the coming of the Holy Spirit, the birthing of the church. But within these few verses, what we see is Jesus commanding patience in the context of a promise. If you read the, the Gospel of John, Jesus has been speaking to and alluding to the Holy Spirit for quite some time. And then just before his ascension into heaven, he says, the promise is still on its way, but you have to be patient. You have to wait. He had, he had hyped this up. Jesus had hyped this up as much as, as possible, saying that it was better for them to have the Holy Spirit than to have him. Then he ascends into heaven, and again, he leaves the command to wait, to be patient. So the question I can imagine many of the disciples were asking, and what some of us may be wondering, is why was there a gap? Why did Jesus leave a space where they had neither him nor the Holy Spirit? Why did he leave a gap where patience had to be exercised? Why was it necessary? Why in your life and my life do we go through seasons of patience, of, of waiting and wondering before we step into the promise? Why is it designed this way? 
Isn't it easier to go straight from the presence of Jesus to the coming of the Holy Spirit? Wouldn't that have made sense if Jesus had gone up and the Holy Spirit had come down in exactly the same moment, that there would never be a gap between his presence and the Holy Spirit's presence? But if it is designed that way by God, then what is the purpose of patience? Why has God designed it that way? Great question. I'm glad we're on the same page. And I want to chat about a couple of things that patience does. Number one, patience magnifies the promise. The first thing patience does is it magnifies the promise. A season of patience can and should magnify the promise. The longer we wait for something, the bigger it gets in our hearts and minds. And and this can sometimes be a negative. Sometimes we can build things up too much in our heads that when the promise arrives, we are underwhelmed. I think of times in my own life where something I'd hoped for for a long time, either a gift or an achievement, an accolade, didn't meet my expectations. And because I'd magnified it in the season of waiting, I actually got a bit depressed. I got down. The thing is, though, that if we're waiting for something in the natural, it is possible to do that. It's possible to blow it out of proportion. It's possible to be underwhelmed when we see it. But when we are being patient on a promise from God, we can never be underwhelmed. We can never build it up so that our expectations are not met. What this means is that patience helps us to magnify the promise in our hearts and minds so that we don't undervalue it. Without the wait, without some patience, we may think the promise of God is too easy or too simple. Our seasons of waiting may allow us to see the extent of the promise and what it is actually worth. Think about the disciples as they waited for the promised Holy Spirit. I can imagine them getting frustrated in those 10 days between the Ascension and Pentecost. I can imagine it, but I think the opposite may be true as well. They were praying and gathering because no one wanted to miss out on the promise. They were all gathered and praying, waiting and waiting well, because the more they waited, the more eager they were for the promise. The more they waited well, the more eager they were for the the presence of the Holy Spirit. May there have been frustration, perhaps. But also, I can imagine the eagerness, the anticipation growing because they they began to pray in and through this promise of the Holy Spirit. So number one, patience magnifies the promise. And within that, we understand that when the promise is from God. Number two, patience establishes the promise. So not only does it magnify, it establishes. In other words, a season of waiting should help us understand the exact reason why we need the promise. Again, back to the disciples, after three years of journeying with Jesus, then Easter, resurrection, and 40 days afterwards, their entire lives had revolved around the presence of Jesus. We know that after he rose from the grave, he spent time with his disciples in varying groups and in various scenarios. And so their whole life for over three years had revolved around the person and presence of Jesus. Where he went, they went. What he ate, they ate. Their whole lives was centered around him. And now that he was gone, there was a gap. And in that space, I wonder if they came face to face with their need for the presence of God in their lives. And this is what patience can do. Patience can help us realize how much we need the presence and promise of God. We become aware not just of the promise itself, but the need for the one who brings the promise. Jesus is so much more than a dispenser of promise. He is the promise. And and so often I, I like to refer to this as sometimes we can look at God as a vending machine. And we put in our request, we put in our money, and, and then we expect the promise to come out. And then if God doesn't deliver on what we've ordered, we go to a different vending machine. But 
But God is not a dispenser of promises. He is the promise. When we come to Jesus, we receive all that he is, and that is our promise. But this is what patience does. It helps us understand our need for the promise giver. It, it establishes who is giving the promise and why we need him in our lives. Perhaps for you, if you are in a season of patience, this is what God is trying to help you grasp. The need for not just the promise, but the promise giver. Thirdly, patience helps us set an environment for the promise to be worked out. So not only does it magnify and establish the promise, it sets the environment. The patience of the disciples allowed certain things to grow and develop within their waiting community. We see things like unity and prayer begin to develop within their community so that when the Holy Spirit came, it was into that environment. The Holy Spirit, the promise of God, descended into an environment of prayer and unity. Waiting can help us set up the right atmosphere for the promise. Think about Jesus. He was confronted with the lame man. And the first thing he did was to offer forgiveness of sins. And only then did he heal the man's legs. In the perspective, in the perspective of Jesus, getting the ability to walk came second to the ability to walk in righteousness. I think Jesus knew that just allowing the man to walk was not going to help him, but he needed to allow him to walk in something, and that something was forgiveness, righteousness. It's so important that the environment is ready for the promise, the miracle of God. He didn't just want the man to walk. He wanted the miracle of walking to be expressed in the right environment. So setting the right environment matters. What environment is a season of waiting helping you to cultivate? Maybe as with the disciples, there is unity that needs to be developed or prayer. Maybe God releases the promise, is going to release the promise of financial blessing when we create an environment of faithfulness and getting out of debt. Maybe before we step into the promise of marriage, we step out of selfishness and addiction. What is it that the waiting on the promise is establishing and, and doing in your life? Lastly, patience helps us understand the timing of God. The timing of the promise is up to God. The thing is, though, that we might not grasp the significance of this timing thing. I wonder if in the midst of the waiting, the disciples understood the significance of Pentecost as the day when the Holy Spirit was going to come down. I wonder if when Jesus went into heaven, any of them thought, you know, the best timing for the Holy Spirit to come would be the day that was reserved for celebrating the coming of the law. I wonder if any of them made a connection between God's timing of the Holy Spirit and God's timing with the giving of the law. I wonder if any of them made that connection in the waiting. I'm pretty sure it made sense afterwards. I'm sure in hindsight, all the imagery and significance of that day made sense. And they could then further trust in the timing of God. You see, when we see the timing of God in our waiting, it helps us trust further the timing of God. While you're in a season of waiting, it may feel like the promise is taking forever. But when it comes to the delay, we see it making sense in, the, in, in this idea called the timing of God. Maybe the timing is so that God gets the glory. Maybe the timing is to protect you from yourself or an unintended consequence. Whatever it is, I have spoken to so many people who have come to the conclusion that God's timing is the best timing. And so today... I want us to grasp that there is a relationship between patience and promise. There is something in this connection that we need to grasp and, and something that we need to understand. It is by design. God has designed it that way. And so what is the promise that you are holding on to? What is the, the thing that you have attached your heart to? And are you 
in a season of patience. My encouragement to you is allow patience to do its work. Allow patience to establish, magnify the promise. Allow the season to create the right environments. Let God do what only God can do. And then allow yourself to trust the timing of God. My prayer is that patience would be not an, a bad word for you. It wouldn't be an evil word for you. It wouldn't be a, a negative and that you would grow to love seasons of patience because you see what it is doing in you. I pray this has helped you. And I pray that even as we wait for Christmas coming up, that we would learn to be patient. Well, perhaps if you're the kind of person who loves to go and figure 